0: Hey, everybody. It's going to be kind of an odd start and an odd show because it was an odd day yesterday. Uh, All three of us are here. We were excited to talk about the best parts of the parade and everything else. uh, Nate is now back. Obviously wasn't with us on Monday. I want to know what Nate thought about the Super Bowl being there in Vegas. We have some fun things from yesterday again before it all turned. We're going to try to balance all of that. I appreciate your patience and your willingness to work with us here today. We try to navigate a day that started great and ended horrendously yesterday. Um, we'll figure it out and kind of process it all out loud all together. I hope you'll give us the grace we may need on that front. We'll try to extend the same to you, and we'll talk about it. You are listening to KC
1: Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank.
0: Like I said, it was an awesome day for Kansas City that turned into a heartbreaking day for Kansas City. Uh, Joshua Briscoe, Seth Kaiser, Nate Taylor, all with you here. Nate and I were out there for the parade in different spots. We can talk about that some. Seth is based in Minnesota, if you maybe are new or didn't know that. Um, again, what we're going to try to do here show-wise today is do some of this at the beginning because it feels totally disingenuous to any of the three of us to pretend like that didn't happen. Uh, But also, I don't know if anyone would benefit from the three of us doing nothing but talking about all those horrific events yesterday for a full hour. Again, we're going to just kind of figure it all out together. I did a little bit of the radio show this morning, and um, I have decided, at least for me, that processing it out loud and working through all of that together is good for at least the three of us, I hope, and hopefully good for you as well. So, um, we will navigate all of that as we go. Um Nate, first haven't seen you in a little bit. How uh how are you doing right now? Uh hello everyone.
2: Thanks for tuning in if you're if you're with us live or obviously um in the podcast format. Um I'm doing okay. That's that's basically been my intro to everyone that I've talked to today. Um you know, this is the third time I've publicly discussed the uh the parade and the rally and the aftermath of the shooting um you know it's uh i'm doing okay i thought yesterday that i was going to take uh a full day off um i took my son hayden who's eight years old to the parade um i was not uh near the shooting i was not at union station um because I just wanted to be a loving father to my son. Uh, Holly was with me. Uh, the puppy, Maple, was with us as well. Um, and so we were on 20th and Grand, uh, which is kind of near the halfway point of the parade, if, if my memory is correct. Um, and it was a truly joyous... It was, it was a truly joyous experience for my son. Um, and then me and Holly made the decision after the parade was over or after everyone sort of passed through, uh, there's going to be even more people at union station, which is going to be a difficult walk because there's hundreds of thousands of people. It's actually easier if we just go back North, uh, go back downtown and watch the rally on television. Um, and part of that for me too, was I wanted to hopefully get the best audio quality of hearing the guys on stage. Um and I didn't write about the parade last year. I had no intentions of writing about the parade. Um, yesterday I just wanted to make sure I was aware of what was being said at the rally. Um, in the event that hey maybe there's something interesting or newsworthy for us to talk about today, or for me to write in the athletic. Um, and so, uh, it's, I mean, life is timing in a lot of ways, and uh, we made a decision that took us out of uh, what turned to be um, harm's way. It's been brutal to uh, learn more of the information that we've gathered as uh, our colleagues have been on the scene throughout the last well I guess you could say 26 hours now, uh, 27 hours. Um, You know what the police department has said, what Mayor Quentin Lucas has said, what the fire chief has said um you know obviously we have uh some interviews of the people who are at the parade that um made a very brave and bold decision to help um you know apprehend the suspects is what I believe we can describe them as so um yeah it was I think the way me and Holly talked about it with Hayden is kind of the same old share here but it was a it was a great day until it wasn't and um You know, I have many thoughts. I have many stories to share. Uh, I enjoyed listening to Tuesday's episode uh, while I was, you know, or Monday's episode, I should say, while I was in the air, Um, you know, coming back from from the West Coast. But yeah, uh, there'll be a place and a time for all that. Um, But no, that's just I've been okay, And I'm just. I'm thrilled that there's not as many uh you know i'm just thrilled that there's not as many victims as there could have been given the large capacity of the crowd i i can't it kind of blew my mind today when i believe uh police chiefs uh graves said that they estimate over or around a million people um so it's 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 horrific it's heartbreaking um that that someone has died from this and it's even more troubling of course that um children had to be victims of gun violence um but i'm doing okay um as best we can sort of moving forward
0: and the the victim that you mentioned there who has passed away is lisa lopez galvin um, she is the one confirmed fatality from this right now. We didn't get a lot of other medical updates earlier when mm-hmm. the, the uh, police chief and uh, fire chief both talked earlier today, along with the mayor. Um, it was mostly people from the hospital. I think we're giving more of those details the day before. So or yesterday. So hopefully um, it's more good news as we go. All of the news from the children who are hospitalized, many of whom had been um, affected by. I mean, have been shot. Uh, All of those kids are on a road to recovery. Uh, I think it may have been Jason who mentioned that uh, recovery is subjective physical recovery for sure. The mental anguish that everyone anywhere near there went through and people who just love this city are going through right now is also ongoing. Um, Obviously, we're all heartbroken for all of the victims and the friends and family and, and victims stretch a large distance at this point. Again, if, if, if casualties, injuries, the everything else that that comes with being on a scene like that, um, there was a, a clip from Clark Hunt that uh, my dear friend, Nate Bukaty tweeted out yesterday later. And obviously, Clark Hunt said this probably about half an hour before the shooting ended up happening. And here's the quote that Nate tweeted from Clark Hunt. This is an incredible moment for Kansas City all over the world. They know about this amazing place. Never in our history have we had so many eyes on Kansas City and so many people talking about this town. And that has a gravity to it now that it didn't have then, because then it was because people are watching the celebration. And instead, now the country has begun to extend moments of silence instead of the absolutely chaotic cheers that, that took up the hours leading up to that all throughout downtown Kansas City. Um... I don't want moments of silence. I want the celebrations. I will, I like it loud when we're talking about what makes this city so great. It also reiterates to me that the parade yesterday wasn't for the Chiefs. Um, Drew Tranquil, in a thing that is was funny at the time and will one day be funny again, um, had a hell of a day leading, uh, leading up to down the parade route. He said something like, hey, this doesn't happen in LA. And he's right for two reasons. One is because the Chargers don't win Super Bowls. And the other is that this happened like this in other cities yesterday wasn't the chiefs parade. It was Kansas city's parade. The, the intertwined nature of this football team and this city and extending all the way up to Minnesota and far beyond Seth, um, the, the people who have love for this team and for this city are all affected by it. And the, the two like very personal moments for me that I just figured I'd share because we're here is one, it's the first time I've ever had to reply to the texts of are you okay, where are you, were you at the parade, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Something that is, unfortunately, extremely common in America, just hasn't been extremely common here. The other thing was that pretty early on in the chaos, before we knew exactly what was happening, and uh, the Drake, Jason Justice at 810, me and him and Renee were all in the Western Auto Lofts where, we, where Jason and I had done the show from, and... At one point, overlooking the balcony out onto the street, saw an ambulance just go tearing down Grand, kicking up a huge cloud of confetti. And that is one of the more surreal, post-apocalyptic scenes I've ever seen. An ambulance sirens on, wailing down Grand, kicking up the confetti of celebration to go pick up victims while Drake on the police scanner was listening to the requests for hospitals to report how many critical care patients they could take, how many level one trauma uh, spots mm-hmm. they had, or, or whatever the terms were, and and the other thing too,
2: um, not only was it a parade about Kansas City, but it was a parade for children. Yeah, I, I, I yep. cannot stress enough that um, the majority of school districts in the Kansas City metro area and surrounding areas uh, canceled school yesterday for children to go to the parade. One of those school districts, um, is, you know, where my son goes to school. And so he, uh, you know, Holly and the Holly and Hayden picked me up from the airport. Uh, you know, late Monday night. And, uh, one of the first questions Hayden asked me is dad, can you take me to the parade? Cause they canceled school and uh i moved my work schedule around in order to do that um the weather was excellent and uh you know i saw so many kids having a great time during the parade uh, again i cannot speak uh on the you know the rally uh, it looked to be fun on television it looked like the guys were uh obviously real you know Cherishing that moment, um, along with fans, but yeah, um, yesterday was, was supposed to be a lifetime memory for children in Kansas city. Um, and it's not going to be the way it was intended. And so I know there's been a large discussion about what the NFL is thinking about this, whether or not parades will continue. Uh, although Quentin Lucas, the mayor today reminded everyone that there is a St. Patrick's day parade. On schedule in Kansas City in about a month's time. Um, whether the who knows how Super Bowl championships will be, uh, celebrated. Quentin Lucas believes it'll happen still in the parade format. But, um, with everything that was going on, uh, you know, for people from Kansas City who are in Kansas City who wanted a joyous Civic Pride Day, um, that day was really supposed to be, uh, you know, for children to a large extent. So it is just, um, it is just mind boggling that, um, a sizable amount of the victims were children.
0: Yeah. The, um, some of the details here, uh, from, as you mentioned, chief police, Stacy Graves, uh, they had a presser about ten thirty today. And, uh, she said that it appeared to be a dispute between several people, 23 total victims. Now, Two of the three suspects are juveniles. They've recovered several firearms. She called it a very active investigation. Uh, likely a million people in the area, and at um, twenty-two, I guess twenty-three, I believe, then shot with nine children. Again, I had twenty-two from yesterday, but if that elevated to twenty-three now,
2: yeah, um, that was yeah, that was nine, updated. Nine yeah, that was updated earlier this afternoon to twenty-three.
0: Um, I have two. Further thoughts that I want to share and then I'll let you guys kind of decide what else. And and Seth, I know you haven't said anything because you weren't down there and I understand that. But um, I also uh, value your perspective for numbers of a number of reasons in in this particular case. Um, One thing that is just going to make like six people in the comments mad, and I understand that and I'm cool with it, is that there were 800 police officers there. 800. And, you know, 800 for a million people, maybe that ratio is not that crazy. Um, I'm immensely grateful for the civilians and the officers who stepped up in those moments. But so much damage was already done. I I know we're not going to probably break any new like policy ground here today. Uh, But you had 800 police officers, good guys with guns, and you still saw the carnage that we saw there yesterday. I don't I don't necessarily want to go through the entire debate that I am sort of tempted to have but I would like to rule out the idea that a few more guns on the premises would have stopped anything and I don't know if that conversations ever coming back but um in addition to the officers that rushed into the scene the fans who tackled one of the suspects and got a enormous gun away from um, Mm -hmm. perhaps a juvenile because again two of the three suspects are according to the chief of police I am very thankful for the helpers in that moment also the medical professionals and the people who jumped into action on site and the medical professionals who were ready and trained and prepared for when victims started showing up because I don't know the state of these nine kids that were rushed to Children's Mercy but without and, and this is also my own ongoing appreciation for medical professionals in times of crisis. Um, it, you know, if, if I would have had my uh, diabetic uh, line dancing with uh, five years earlier, it, it probably would, I probably wasn't coming back 25 years earlier. Wouldn't have even been a conversation, Right. the people but- being ready in those circumstances to do something bordering on the miraculous of taking gunshot victims and bringing them to a point where you can say we are expecting full physical recovery is an absolutely stupendous thing that I never want to lose sight of the KCPD KCFD the medical professionals the people who had a plan for when all hell breaks loose um immensely grateful that those people were there and prepared for that when they were I think that's majority of what's been weighing on me today um I'll let you guys decide what else is percolating for you the the two things that are on my mind that I can't give an answer to Hayden
2: and I can't give an answer to our audience is um, why why would a person bring a gun to a parade? Um, Which that question can obviously be extended to a number of public events. Um, and then secondly, uh, if this is indeed the case, um, how can we let juveniles... Get possessions of guns to make these kind of life-altering decisions? And there are no answers. So uh, are there not clear, concise answers, I should say? But those are the questions that that were pointed to me and I've been sort of dealing with ever since.
0: Seth, one thing off the top that you tweeted about yesterday that also came up today. I do not have the numbers here in front of me. I will find them while you're talking about it. Uh, But the KCPD did say today they are continuing to look for more information, eyewitness accounts, videos. If anyone else was was a victim and did not report or, you know, maybe it wasn't as serious for them medically as they at that time, whatever it may have been, they were still calling as of this morning for people to come forward if they have any more information. From your perspective as a prosecutor, Seth, how how important is that? In case there's anyone within the sound of our voice right now who might have something that they could share that would help find some justice in this process. Sure. Um,
1: and for for people who don't know, who are maybe joining us haven't been around, I, I'm a prosecutor in uh, uh, in criminal and child protection law, and so that's why Josh asked me that particular question. Uh, I do want to say before I talk about that that it's really good to see you guys. So, um. Good to see you guys too. So the the way that it works, a lot of people make a lot of assumptions about how the criminal justice system works now because of the the plethora of shows that are out there. Um, you know, the CSIs of the world, the laws and mm. law and order, laws and order, law and orders of the world. It's law and it's SVU. Yeah, there, there it is. And you the the multiple iterations of that. And um people have a misapprehension about how much evidence prosecutors and law enforcement usually have. Um, DNA evidence is remarkably rare and things being on video is remarkably rare, including when it's in public. You know, we're not, we're not Singapore. We're not various other countries. um, And there's pros and cons to everything, right? You know, there's, this isn't big brother with a camera on every corner. Um, But the, the flip side of that with, with, a certain amount of freedom is that people assume that when there's a, a mass gathering of people, I've prosecuted some pretty serious assault cases and some other things um, in in small level concerts and 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 bar things, and then obviously not nearly to this scale. But even then, when it's just fifty people, it's remarkable how difficult it is for um, for for law enforcement to sort through what happened. And so, you can think, and it's actually called, um, um, there, there's a disposition or <laughs> dissipation of responsibility that occurs. Um, there's a famous case out in in New York that they teach about in law school, where a whole apartment complex could hear a woman being assaulted, and everyone assumed that someone else called 911. And and that that's supposedly a true story, um, and, and there's that dissipation of responsibility, and so What ends up happening is actually with these large type events you actually end up with less evidence than you need because people assume everyone else came forward and there's so many people that it's chaotic and so what's important to remember what I had people saying well they've got suspects in custody and let me just tell you there's an incredible gap from having someone arrested to having the evidence you need to properly charge them then to the evidence you need to properly convict them Um, I'm a big believer in accountability and in the system, which I know probably a lot of people chortle at derisively, but I have to be. um, Because otherwise I couldn't do what I do and see the things that I see. Because I, I have to believe that we can somewhat mitigate damage, at least. And so, I say all that as a long road to a short thought. Anyone who's listening to us, if you saw anything... <laughs> anything at all, no matter how small you think it is, it really could be the difference between a prosecutor being able to charge it out and a prosecutor having to make phone calls to to victims and families explaining why they why they couldn't charge it or why they lost. And I have made those phone calls and the only thing that a prosecutor can say is I'm sorry. And and I, I wish I could have done more. I apologize. Um, those are, those are the cases that are very very difficult where you know something happened and you can't uh, you know can't do anything. You can't you can't mitigate the damage. And so I, I am pleading with you. No matter how little a thing it might have been, please 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 call it in. Let them take a statement. Let them decide what. Whether what you saw was important or not, it, it genuinely could be. You saw someone walk by for five seconds with a backpack that that matches what you saw on 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 Twitter, you know, or something like that. Because being able to associate possession with that individual, um, you might be the person who can help refute a false self-defense claim. Because you you have to understand our system works. That that we have to prove this beyond a reasonable doubt, which is incredibly hard to do. And it should be, right? I mean, we still get it wrong sometimes, even with that. And so if you know anything, just or you just think you know. Let 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 law enforcement and the prosecutors of the matter decide whether it's important or not. And that's 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 my spiel on that. Um coming from from that side of things and prosecuting those side of things. Um, the second thing I want to say, cause we're doing a show today is that, and I want to be careful how I say this, um, a lot of bad things happen and there's usually nothing that can be said to make those bad things seem less bad or, or fix them or, or anything like that. And so what I just tell you, like, if you're someone who is kind of secretly hoping, man, I hope they talk about football a little today, and then you feel guilty for it, please don't. It's okay. It's okay to find joy in joyful things, even when bad things have happened. Because the one of the worst things that can happen is you you just only start to see the bad. And that's a really, really tough road to go down a really, a really dark one that leads to a lot of, a lot of, a lot of problems. And so I would just say, I I think that, um, that, that leads to a lot of fear that leads to a lot of just issues. And so I, I hope we're going to have an opportunity to, to chat a little bit about football, a little bit about some things at the parade that made me laugh so hard that, I mean, it was, it was one of the funniest hours that I've experienced online and I'm just going to tell you, and, and there probably might be people that tune in and see me smiling and will say, what's wrong with you? And, Rewind you know, it to me. Yeah. 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 And how, you know, how, how could you possibly, how could you possibly be smiling at a time like this? Well, you know, I, I've, 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 I've smiled through a lot of terrible things because there, those terrible things are happening and hanging on to the things that bring you joy and the people that you love and the things that you love is very, very important. Um, you know, I, I, I believe that 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 perfect love casts out fear, and I'm, I won't get into a big thing, but I, I believe that that love that I have for you guys, that I have for the Chiefs, I, I, I know that's stupid and ridiculous, but the stupid and the ridiculous is what keeps you going during the horrifying and the tragic. So, I'm really glad to see you guys, and I really hope that anyone who wants to kind of chat a little football I would really like that um even while we know there's there's more important things going on but man there were always more important things going on yeah. in football yep and didn't stop us from caring and 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 still shouldn't because there's there's enough love and caring to go around for even a silly sport where the ball is not round
0: I think that's good um, I'll tell you the uh, the phone number that uh, the FBI Kansas City account tweeted out, which also has a link if you want to just go there directly, FBI Kansas City uh, on Twitter. The phone number uh, saying anyone who directly witnessed the shooting or was a victim of the shooting that has not yet reported it should call 816-413-3477. Again, that's all on the uh, FBI Kansas City's Twitter account. And uh, I think we'll, we'll try to take that lead, Seth. And uh, we'll take a little break here and come back and try to talk about some of the fun stuff because it really was a hilarious hour or so and uh, I mean look I, as far as I could tell I, I think Chris Jones signed a lifetime extension for whatever Brett Veach wanted to put on the check that's that's how I experienced it at least so um, with all that being said once again I will bookend it to say thank you for extending us the benefit of the doubt that we will try to extend to everyone else that this will all be kind of weird and kind of awkward and kind of sad and kind of terrible yesterday ended horrifically, sadly, and terribly. And if you don't, I will, I'll I'll. take the other side of Seth's coin here real quick because Seth already laid down that side. I'll say this. If you're at this point in the podcast and you're thinking, doesn't feel right for me to listen to these three guys talk about football right now,
2: mm.
0: totally okay. Um, you can, you can stop it here. We talked about all this for half an hour. We'll talk about football for half an hour. That'll be there in your podcast feed when you're ready for it, if you're ready for it. Um, again, this is a very active thing for everybody involved and everyone's going to process it. So no need to inherit any guilt upon yourself if that's anything that you're wrestling with and we'll do our best not to do the same and we will fail at that goal, but we will try. Um, let's go ahead and take a break and we'll come back and talk about some of the fun and some of the football.
1: We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest-ranked Chiefs Podcast Network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you
3: can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. KCSN.substack.com We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all
0: also if you've been watching on the video feed you may have pieced together I'm sick and that's not helping so I will continue to toggle my mute button as necessary Um, where do you guys want to start we talked about kind of breaking the show in half but we did not talk about what you wanted to lead off the second half of the show with Um, Nate you weren't you weren't here on Monday I would love to know uh, what Super Bowl stories bubbled up to the surface for you I also understand that's a weird thing
2: it it is um, but you know like both of you have said I'm happy to be here I'm happy to uh read some of the comments and we are obviously so appreciative of um y'all just wanting to spend some time with us I don't I don't know what Josh just did there uh
1: yeah he he, he you know he's got to go blow his nose or do something that looks okay. uh, unbecoming I'm sure um okay. by the that, way just which is you, which is fine yeah which is fine be I'm surprised I'm not sick being in uh, a large group of people for hours. That, that is love. Yesterday, I'm I'm glad you mentioned the comment section, by the way, because outside of you know, some Tucker having to do his job and Murray, I think Wilson, everyone is being just great. And it's really easy in in bad moments for people not to be great. And so, thanks, guys, for being great.
0: Just a bunch were of you are being great. Were you yeah. naked, Josh? I had to do a little. I love this new fuzzy KCSN quarter zip I have, but I had to simultaneously. My, my body temperature the last um, 12 or to okay. 18 hours has been a real challenge to fluctuate with. So I was very cold earlier, and then I just got a little toasty. Okay. Uh, to, to Adam. And I'm also blowing my nose and drinking tea like 24 7. Yeah. To
2: Adam uh, Sheehan's question Nate, did you manage to avoid the bug, which seemed to hit so many people coming back from Vegas? I guess so. Uh, you know, it's, um, you know, as I try to, uh, in, in, in legitimate real time kids wrap, uh, my mind or switch gears or whatever metaphor phrase you want to use. Um, I don't want this to come off super comedic, but this is just where my, where my brain led. And then I'm going to have
1: a very. So I'm going to have laughter's to, they, the only coping mechanism I'm capable of. Okay. Nate, so I mean just let it fly, man. Don't say it's that literally bragging set. It's li- No, 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 no. No, no. That was a confession. That is <laughs> okay. a You know I'm 38 and I should be more healthy than I am given what I do, but laughter's my literal only coping mechanism. So don't apologize before you fire off a joke. Uh
2: Brock Purdy played so well in that game. He really did. <laughs> he course. really did and uh i don't want people to forget that that Brock Purdy played about as well as you could ask for someone who is in basically year 2 of of their career as a as a starting quarterback and yet it doesn't matter Jake yeah. Moody is that his name Jake Moody it seems close enough he plays so well he played really he like- had the
0: longest field goal in Super Bowl history for a few yes. minutes it's <laughs>
2: not totally all of his fault that leo chanel just became a superhero um in the biggest game of the season it's not his fault jake moody played amazing it doesn't matter um steve wilkes doesn't have a job i learned that yesterday and i and i said C- what indoor seat and i said what did he do wrong <laughs> they they only he, they only scored 25 points in five quarters, guys. Do I need to divide that up, up for
1: you? He switched everything up, too. Remember we talked last week where I said uh-huh. San Francisco hasn't changed up their looks or their blitz packages like all year. All this year, and, yeah. And he had a pretty unique game plan that worked pretty well. Now, part of it was the defensive game plan was, what if our defensive line played like they were possessed for the first half? Right, and we right. found out. Um but maybe we also found out why defensive lines can't play like that all the time cuz by the fourth quarter Gansed. they're like sitting there on the oxygen yeah. and just yeah yeah but anyway please so please go on yeah he's out of a job yeah he's he's out
2: of a job when um tell me if I'm wrong Josh, 5 divided by 25 is 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 5 i think it's 5 i think it's I, 5 I, I had to remind multiple of my colleagues reporters Uh, after the game Sunday uh, not that I was like trying to scream at them but I'm like they only scored three points in the first half I just want nobody to remember that does anybody is anybody gonna remember that they only scored three points in the first half
0: like at halftime right
2: yeah um you know it was um it was a it was a fascinating game um it was packed in the stadium I'll never forget that um I did go to the spot Uh, because after Super Bowls if you wait long enough uh, all the security measures go out the window and anybody and their mom can get on the field this is courtesy of why the confetti tradition has continued (laughs) uh, for so long Um, you know but I I went to the spot I went to the spot where McCall Hartman uh, caught the last pass of the NFL season and where he entered the stadium or where he entered the, the end zone just so I could see it from like His perspective, um, and how wild that is, uh, you know, and Holly's like, I I sent pictures to Holly. Holly's like, Why is the field like, why doesn't the field look right? I was like, Well, you know, the paint only lasts for so long, especially once cleats and everything else gets involved. It all gets very, uh, dried out and it kind of chalky, but, uh, the field held up pretty well. I thought that was an interesting part of the game, um, you know, um, I think. I, I, you know, I read that Tony Romo got some criticism, but then I couldn't really, I don't know, I couldn't really, I mean, guys, you, you try being the analyst of a, in the middle of a Super Bowl and see how it goes.
0: Um, for me, it's the fact that two weeks in a row he's been surprised that the Chiefs deferred the coin toss and was surprised that Creed Humphrey had uncharacteristic low snaps. Yeah. Those are the two for me. Yeah.
2: Um, can, can we talk about the, uh, what's, what's the guy's name? I, I appreciate him.
0: Uh, how do you say his name? You got to get us closer right now. I'd love to help. Oh, okay. uh, next, clues are failing me. Jim Nance. It's no, pronounced no. Nance. The, uh, uh the... Marlin, The, uh... Johnny Wick.
2: Reading of Lips Interpreter. Uh, oh.
0: Oh, uh, John Boy, oh, John Boy.
2: Was John Boy. The, uh, Thank oh, you. Yeah, kind of I was gonna, I yeah, was gonna yeah, say yeah, Game yeah. Boy, but I know his name is not Game Boy. <laughs> um, it, you know uh him this is how complicated football is and i'm glad that it was called on camera thank you to cbs uh finally they had a homeboy they finally had a uh a number of uh cameras so that we there should just be camera operators on on the sidelines and i should be able to i should be able to pay a fee uh per amazon to just watch sideline interactions um because i'm not even talking about the travis kelsey andy Reid. i've seen that like 10 times guys That is not Un- unusual, I guess it's the Super Bowl, whatever. But I, I saw him try to punch Eric Bieniemy, guys. It's not, it's not like Travis Kelsey is is, a, is an interesting character. Um, he did yeah. on stage yesterday was way worse than what he did on the sidelines to Andy
0: Reid. Kind of true because he was kind of maybe with us. Um, pound for pound, the, someone tweeted he was pound for pound the drunkest man on the planet, and I think that's true. There's a lot of I, I big man. I I genuinely thought just did you see him hug Nick Wright,
1: it was. It was, it was bad. Nick looked look, Raid. Yeah. And I, I, look, I, you know, people want to talk about various public behaviors. Yep. Would I, would I want that to be nationally televised if it were me as someone, well, yeah, I'm 16 years sober, but probably not. But yeah. I am perfectly fine chuckling if that's, you know, you know, find the difference between that and Jason and Kelsey at the after party other than the yeah. luchador mask, Exactly. you know, like, yeah, fair enough. I I do think just but p- he wasn't note. asked remember, to talk in front of, you know, yeah, I, close I know, to a million people. Just, Seth, he's just vibing. So I, it was funny. I was just thinking to myself, even like during the speeches, I thought to myself, man, Chris Jones might be the drunkest I've ever seen anyone in like a full fledged public thing. Now I'm not gonna say the drunkest I've seen anyone in public because I prosecuted a dude that was sprinting down a highway nude, punching cars. So I mean, you know. Billy Gay was way <laughs> there, <laughs> he, he, he got close. He got close. This guy didn't look anything like that shirtless. I can, I can. Oh, well, that's good it. to know. Um, uh, but enough about how I spent last year. Um, <laughs> just sorry. It's too easy a joke. But like, so I saw Chris Jones I was like, that might be the drunkest I've ever seen anyone that publicly. And then Travis started. I was like, no, 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 no. Nope, I was wrong. That's the drunkest I've ever seen. Anyone. It was like, it was kind of like the world's longest Super Bowl you know, the longest Super Bowl <laughs> kick, the field goal. It lasted for like a minute. And you could tell they were all like, We cannot let Travis get this mic. And the players just would not have it. They let LeJeria's snee talk. Okay. They let well, LeJeria's talk is talk. They let is is um doing a it's lot doing a lot of work there. Yeah. Uh,
2: so so yeah. The, the the whole the whole point of this is God bless Rasheed Rice. I too would would come up to Patrick. I because I really thought about this. is like I I too would come up to Patrick and say, Hey man, I know Kelsey's the primary. Cause he's always the primary. This is something we've explained to you guys back in the times R era. The the first the first indicator on any red zone play is 87. Okay, guys? Oh, and yeah. and Fred Warner knows that. God bless him. Fred Warner played fan fantastic and it did not matter.
1: oh um, not at the end. He he played fantastic and he couldn't when it counted most. And Fred Warner's one of the best and I'm sorry I keep it he's so me. good. He's no, no, no. He's points. so good. He's so good and when it counted most Kelsey created so much separation at the line, correct? That he didn't even need the mesh. Like people are like, "Oh, there was mesh to have a pick play." It did not matter. He had like four yard separation yeah. on Warner. Derwin and James was, was saying, "Ooh, that don't look right," and he did that to me right. a no, year ago. Someone, someone commented. I think it was Ben Fennell or Fennell, I can't remember. Does a great job breaking down film. He said Kelsey has a way with his with his releases, with his stutter that makes guys like Derwin James. And Fred Warner looked like they've got a piano on their back when they're trying to chase him down. And it was just, anyway, you keep cooking, I'm sorry. But he played so so well, and it didn't matter.
2: And it didn't matter. Um, Nick Bosa played well, and then they used his playing well literally against him. I thought it was the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen to a top flight uh, pass rusher. We know you don't respect the run, and um, it's fourth and inches, dummy. That's literally what he was saying as he was running by him. I just like to think that, like Patrick saying, "It's a naked boot on fourth and inches, you idiot. Where are you going? Watch the ball." Um, as he's running for eight yards and then slides to protect himself from the ball. Um, but the last play of regulation before the uh, field goal, I should say, or you know, basically the third play of regular, third to last play of regulation is, um, they have one play. Uh, to take a shot at the end zone. Patrick chooses Travis Kelsey because yes, Creed Humphrey snaps the ball literally into the dirt. Um, guys, he's so good that no one will remember Creed Humphrey had a had one issue all season, and it only got worse as the postseason uh, moved along. And the way Holly asked me is, why does he keep low snapping? And I said, yeah, because it's not rainy, right? So there's no snow, there's no wind. We're, we're inside. We are in as most controlled conditions as you could ask for to snap a football and by the way feels not wet like last year or not overpainted or you know there's not enough hey we went from outside to inside the roof was open and they closed it and they opened it back up and there's all this condensation no no, no, none of that (laughs) it's been in the building since thursday and there is no roof (laughs) well i mean there's no retractable roof i should say it's just a roof so yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Why is he doing that? I don't know. I guess he gets nervous. You know, I would get nervous too. Uh, you know, if I was in that situation and, and every play starts with me, you know, delivering the ball to the best quarterback we've ever seen, um, and, and critical moments. Um, he 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 picks the ball up so it's not a fumble. Uh he picks the ball up so it's not a negative play. He picks the ball up so it's uh so that Harrison Bucker can at least get an opportunity, and he picks the ball up so that he can target Travis Kelsey, and I think somebody else said it in the comments. Uh, you know sort of uh, harping on what Nick Wright has said about hey he chose Travis Kelsey because that's a low percentage throw to begin with it's a back shoulder it's at the pylon uh, either it's a completion that's utterly insane or it's an incompletion in Herconson Bucket Tribe. Within the 49ers zone coverage though Rasheed Rice is just left wide open in the middle of the end zone. Problem, <laughs> He's is, so he a, problem is he a rookie and I want to win the Super Bowl so I got rookie enthusiasm and zest, and I don't care if he's the greatest quarterback on God's green earth. I got to tell him I'm wide effing open. To which Patrick Mahomes, in the most, probably the best leadership moment I've ever seen, uh, gets in the man's face, walks with him, and said, Hey, can I, can I say it, Tucker? I don't know if Tucker will let me say it in the private chat. Uh, I don't but think the Tucker's
0: way, gonna stop you. I don't think Tucker thinks he can. Stop. Okay, he says, "Yeah, it's all good." Um, Zach so gonna take out your earbuds God, here. I'll let you know when it's clear. God, God forgive me. Um, he says, "Hey,
2: motherfucker!" He snapped the ball He rolled the ball. He rolled the ball. Like he, rolled the ball. <laughs> he rolled the ball. Um, and then all Rasheed Rice could do, and God bless his heart, is say. Like, okay then.
0: Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it then. Let's do it. Yeah. Can I give my hottest take here? Sure. I approve of every part of that interaction. I love that Rasheed Rice in the Super Bowl was like, feed me. I'm open. Because you know what Patrick Mahomes needs in his life? A confident wide receiver who's not letting him down. And Rasheed Rice hasn't been letting him down. That is true. He he was right. Rasheed Rice was correct.
2: And so was Mahomes. Yes. He rolled the ball to me, which I'm like, the fact that he doesn't say Creed tells you how good of a teammate he is, tells you how good <laughs> of a leader he is. We all know who he talking about, but he not going to put his name out there. Um, Look, it's it's amazing that um, it's, it, it, it is quite remarkable that they, I, even though you could expect it in overtime, even though the 49ers made a decision that I don't personally agree with, Um, once I understood the full context of the rule book um, I just I just want people to understand that this is it's okay to be stunned it's okay to be surprised like you could say oh I thought they were gonna win Uh, not like Diaz I didn't Um, he throws you know Patrick throws the interception in the third quarter and I I have to start thinking about like okay what do I what do I write if they lose yet again um, in back to back opportunities what if I, you know what they lose and what's the what are the questions that are needing to be asked i mean you're kind of going back and forth as a journalist and in, in both of those you know and that you have no control uh but be ready for either uh either either uh either outcome um uh, to do your job as best you can um and so yeah i just thought it was a i just thought it was a stunning victory for them um when he's done it so many times he being patrick mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid and Chris Jones and Steve McNolo and Trent McDuffie. Um Seth, what was your best Tripp McDuffie snap? Because you could literally pick from like twelve of them.
1: Um, I think probably my favorite one. There, there were, there were numerous ones where he ran Debo's route better than Debo did, and the little in breaking one's my favorite. I just, those, it's delicious. The, the, there was a little... And the great thing is I've actually got a snap of each of them. Um, and by each of them, I mean McDuffie and Sneed. That's who I'm writing about next. Hopefully tomorrow that goes up. Um, and both of them had a snap from the slot where they just destroyed Ebo. And they did it in different ways. But I think my favorite probably was that in-breaker where it just basically... So they're they're traveling right to left across the field. And, and Purdy just kind of throws it at Debo's feet like it barely looked like he was trying to complete it because really right. you couldn't throw it anywhere your receiver could possibly catch it yeah um that was probably my favorite but there were like I think he was credited with two or three passes defensed mm-hmm. but I mean he he was unbelievable in coverage all day sneed was terrific in coverage all day he wasn't and like on multiple snaps this is one of the things I'm going to write about um, Spags was like, okay, we're going to do a, uh, yeah, we'll do single eye. We're going to play man. We're going to line up you on Ayuk. We're going to line up you on Debo. Man to man, just go win. Do you have any idea the cojones it takes to call that against those guys? And they kept winning against it. Like when San Francisco had most of their success, it was usually against zone looks. Yeah. The Chiefs like went to man against the team that you supposedly cannot go to man
0: against. I think One. it was the most man of the Spags era for the Chiefs, and like the second closest was far behind. I saw that this morning. I mean, if that doesn't sound familiar to you guys, I'll try to find this. Specific. Yeah, no, no it does, it, and I believe it, it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a great point, Josh, because
2: um, not only did he increase the man looks, um, but what the Chiefs have done that was a tendency breaker is they have played a lot of blitzes with either complex zones or just straight zones behind it. Yep. he chose to not only go man-to-man uh, against, you know, uh, some of the best receivers in the league, he chose to go man-to-man with blitzes attached to them. And that is what we've always wanted. Uh, chaos, engage eight. Yes! Fire them, like, light them up and pray. Like, literally, light them, like, light. I Here's the one criticism. It's not really a criticism. I actually... It's not a criticism. Again, this is how my brain works. I love Tony Romo. Um, because he will do like I think Greg Olson's probably the best in game analyst or 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 common, you know, color commentator about really explaining to you, oh my God, they should fire everyone on the Cowboys right now. And it's mm-hmm. the second quarter. Um from a scheme standpoint. But what Tony Romo says is hey, on the on the basically the penultimate Game-winning play, 3rd and 4 from the 9-yard line in overtime. Tony Romo says, based on the matchup, based on the look that the Chiefs gave, here's the guy that's wide open. And what's fascinating is that receivers open on a whip route. Tony Romo also goes, why didn't they block Chris (laughs) Jones? To which I would like to ask Tony Romo, yeah you complete that pass to the whip route when, when Chris Jones is literally uh, within seconds of devouring you. And one of the best things about Chris Jones that doesn't get talked about enough is he does not rough people. He does, you know, he got through all the roughing the passer penalties a year ago and he has, he never committed one throughout the entirety of the season. So he comes back in week two, harasses quarterbacks to essentially the same degree that he did the year before, but he eliminated roughing the passer penalties from his game so not only is he chasing after you and uh, your protection completely let you down, uh, but Brock Purdy, he's not going to give you an easy out. He's not going to hit you in the head. He's not going to launch himself at you. He's just going to bear hug you and gently put you to the ground. So you have to get the ball off or you're going to take a negative play, which either ensures a field goal or which I thought Brock did, which I find very interesting is I got to get the ball out of my hands because I don't want to take a negative play because that looms right. fourth down from the equation. Wait, you want me to, you want me to come off the field? You you want me to come off the field? Do you understand who their quarterback is? And you can see it kind of on Brock Purdy's face, because I rewatched, obviously, the, the television broadcast. You, you watch on Brock Purdy's face like, man, I did everything right on that drive. I didn't have a negative play. I, I got away with a near interception that was kind of fluky. Um, but I really tightened it up. I made a positive play to use check that I had no business making. Uh, we gave McCaffrey multiple chances to get us down the field. He didn't. Um, I got the ball out of my hands on third and fourth when we got beat on a blitz that we should have protected better, but we didn't. And my my coach took me off the field. And then he just watched that guy systematically go right down the field. Um, the the statistic that blew my mind, and it was one of the last things I entered into my story in The Athletic. All right, man. It's uh, – it's first and gotta have it for the Super Bowl, not the season. The Super Bowl. It's first and gotta have it from the twenty-five. Cool. There'll be no incompletions on this on this drive. Yep. I'm sorry. What did you say? Yeah. There'll be <laughs> they will there'll be no incompletions. <laughs> the I will incompletions com- have ended
1: for the yeah. day. We have. <laughs> I will complete have, all, every. Do you got yeah. Any here? Nope. I don't yeah. have any incompletions left. Well, I'm out. Coach, if you call a passing play, guess what?
2: I'm gonna complete it. <laughs> for a positive gain unless Marquez Valdez Scantlett says, nah, I can I can I can break this tackle. Nah, I can break that tackle. Nah. <laughs> I love that CBS was like, here's Chris Jones asking Marquez
1: Valdez Scantlett, what you doing? <laughs> yeah, why? Just go down, man. Like, that's one thing Kelsey's gotten really good at as he's apparently faster than he's ever been, based on <laughs> next gen stats. Which, by the way, on a side note, I am all in for like like rest, helping snap whatever in Travis Kelsey next year. Let sure. him play fifty five percent of the snaps because he was like a rejuvenated guy in the playoffs. Like honestly, if they draft another tight end and say well, it's more of the understudy, him and Noah Gray, they'll play a ton of snaps. Like I'm all for it. Don't but, it, just, it don't hyperextend your knee two days before the season starts. How about yeah, you not do that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Take it easy, buddy. Well, that's like Kelsey's gotten really good as he's not quite as shifty as he used to be. He catches the ball and he just turns up field, knowing that means he's less likely to break a couple tackles or whatever, but it, that it's going to be a sure five, six, seven yards. Whereas MVS, he was just, he got spun in a really unlucky way. Someone phrased it like he got, uh, I think it was actually the guys in the lab. they phrased it, He got penalized for his bounce, which is a bummer, but like you got to sense what's happening and just go down or dive forward. And I, I just, I love like all I could think about, you know, that SNL skit where I think it's, um, the Barry guy, um, where, where he does the whole, this place has everything. And he starts oh, to yeah, like yeah. list all these yeah. things that like say in a club. All I could think of what MBS did that I was like, this game has everything. <laughs> it's got, it's got an inexplicable interception, some <laughs> weird calls and MVS weird moment. Like, yeah, I, like that's yeah. all I could think about yeah. was like, this game has everything. So, so, and I guess
0: his hottest new club is Allegiant Stadium. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it took me a while for to me for me to understand the impression you were doing there. But I that was the
2: you, you know the, the last third down, and you know, I wrote about this on Monday. God, what day is it? Yeah, I I wrote about it on Monday, but I wrote about the two blitzes, and there's one difference. Uh Kyle Shanahan got, got on the first blitz, where it's or I believe it's third and five, right after the two minute warning. Hey. Yeah, I can't really do anything there. Uh, I called the wrong. You called the wrong play. You got got. The second blitz is more interesting to me because I actually think from a protection standpoint, it should have held up. You want your your lineman. You want them to block Chris Jones. The unfree man is supposed to be. I believe it's either supposed to be letting. I think it's Karloftis on the end. Is that right, Seth? I think it was Karloftis on the end, and Reed was coming behind and him in Re- kind of like a delayed blitz. Yes, and so my understanding is you either give up Karloftis immediately with your protection, or what I think the 49ers were trying to do, and failed miserably, is block Chris Jones and let the deepest blitzer be the last guy to get there, which is Justin Reed.
1: Because Justin it just, Reed was shocked that he was blocked, yeah. by the yes. way. like You watch him like stop, like, why would you let him go? Yes. like yes. He was shocked. Yes, so
2: Kyle Shanahan actually adjusted for a what I believe was a correct play call for that situation based on the previous exact same example in the last drive, essentially, that the 49ers had. Problem is, they don't block their best player, and these little mistakes lead to two losses, even though you made the wrong decision with taking the ball in the fourth quarter or taking the ball to start overtime, you still had the correct play call for third and four. And I think that is what should eke away at 49er fans, which is he had he actually had the right play call on third and four, which means you should call another one on fourth and four and see if they actually executed better. But there's all these little things that I just want to remind the audience of what led to back-to-back Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. It is a missed blocking assignment when the guy coming from the farthest needs to be the one who's unblocked. It's a touchdown, hallelujah. We finally beat Legarius Sneed in man coverage with Jawan Jennings. Is he is he about to win the MVP? And our freaking extra point just got blocked by Leo Chenal. It goes from, we're going to put Leo Chennault in hell in the first quarter to we haven't scored a touchdown in the first quarter. Okay. Uh, in fact, he forced a fumble on the best running back in football. It's it's all these little things that, that let Mahomes become the hero at the end of the game. Um, you know, Steve Spagnuolo calling the right blitzes, not being afraid to call blitzes. Uh, and I think that, Message was conveyed to his defensive players like, Hey, if I'm not playing, if I'm not calling play scared, you know how I feel. So go out and execute it the way that you all should feel. And I think that had a very on, you know, cumulative effect on the defense. And then lastly, um, it's second and 24 because your most experienced wide receiver caught a pass for six yards and lost eight. Okay. Um, Oh, well, what about Rasheed Rice? Even though I just mother bleeped him. <laughs> and, oh, my God, they're blitzing. And I'm going to tell them that they're blitzing and they're still going to do it. What the hell? Okay. 14-yard completion on third and got to have it. Wow. And, uh, okay. um, Wow, they actually played pretty good zone coverage and i'm just gonna run for 14 yards and i'm sorry fred warner you're in the proper place but not anymore and somehow i'm faster than you that seems really strange isn't it and i'm just gonna get 14 <laughs> more yards on the ground and i thought i honestly think Andy reason best play call was not the touchdown play it was actually the play before where he somehow gets the ball to travis Kelsey in the middle of the field and then travis Kelsey evades like six tacklers to set up the three-year touchdown for Michael Hortman. So there's all these – there's there's so many little little things that led to them winning, and it's just it, it – it is a – I know you guys talked about it to a degree on Monday, but it is still shocking to me that they won that game how they won it in particular. Mm-hmm.
0: And we'll keep breaking it down as Seth keeps going through the film. We're going to get to talk about specific players, and so like Monday we'll talk about McDuffie and, and Lajarius Sneet But I, I hey, hope hey, he has hey, the Spags hey, – hey. Hey, Nate Dogg,
2: they erased George Kittle with a Charmari and Leo Chanel. Yeah. That's why your team is world champions. They could barely get George Kittle open on fourth and got to have it with Justin Reed covering him. Right. And Justin Reed was like, well, I I have to honor the fact that he could run past the sticks. Oh, he's just running towards the sticks. (laughs) But you can see that in coverage. He's like, well, I got to, like, give him song cushion um so that I don't give up a touchdown on fourth down instead of just giving up the conversion um but no they they the how did they erase Kittle with Shamari? he sucked in OTA's Connor and Leo Chanel who by the way had one of the more impressive performances from start to finish of anybody in the Super Bowl
0: so I have the uh the stats about the Chiefs running man, and there's a a couple of replies about Spags telling Albert Breer this wasn't the game plan originally. Um, I haven't checked all that. I, I, I've not followed all that that rabbit hole. But the uh, the raw numbers here from Robert Mays of the Athletic Football Show. He tweeted uh, per True Media Sports' numbers, the Chiefs played man on sixty point six percent of dropbacks in the Super Bowl. Is that a lot? You may say. Back to Robert. That's the highest rate by a Chiefs team in any game of the Spags era. Previous high was fifty two point five percent against the Broncos in twenty twenty they've only had four games over 50 percent that's and against this Niners team with all of that talent there's a good uh, a good reply here from our guy Peter yodridge he said a dude just looked at IU and Debo said nah we're better and was completely right yeah. he, that is amazing that that worked and my friends it's amazing that he's not going anywhere because the Chiefs announced the morning of the parade yesterday morning that Steve Spagnuolo has signed a contract extension to stick with the Kansas City Chiefs uh, Nate, I don't know if you have anything resembling details on uh, what this actually means. Because, look, if you're if you're moving vertically, if he's getting head coaching interviews next offseason, that he's still going to take the interviews. But right. Spag's locked down, Joe Cullen got an extension, and the uh, Chiefs coaching staff is looking it, remarkably stable for a group as as excellent as it was this year. Yeah, by
2: them retaining um, Joe Cullen, kind of tipped off that they were going to retain uh, Steve Spagnuolo. Now, Andy's very traditional about these things. He likes to do extensions after the season. He doesn't like to, you know, you can assume one thing, but obviously he just wants to go through uh, all the usual procedural stuff after a season is over. Um, The way it works for most NFL teams, and I'm going to try to get this confirmed, but I believe that Steve Spagnuolo probably signed. He likely, saying I don't know if it's a fact just yet, but he likely signed a two-year extension or a three-year extension with a two-year guarantee. Um, now, all of that can be changed, of course, if you were to become a head coach. You see that all the time in the NFL. Right, and mostly right. mostly the assistants are tied to the coordinator. So if you believe that Joe Cohen is back and Steve Spagnuolo is back, along with Dave Merritt and Brendan Daly, and, and and the list goes on. Um, Dave Merritt, did I mention Dave Merritt? I don't know. But like, as, as the list goes on, most of those guys are still tied to Spagnolo. So, um, usually what the case is, is that if Steve Spagnolo has a two-year deal, then all of his assistants have a two-year deal and, and you just continue to roll it, um, further on. Now, obviously if things, if Spags was to leave, then obviously that could change sort of the way contracts are sort of structured. Um, but I would try to get, uh, it confirmed that it's either a two-year deal that's essentially guaranteed or a two-year deal. That's a three-year deal that obviously can have a kicker for the third year to come into a play. So, um, I believe that was the case when he originally joined the team. So it wouldn't be surprising that what this is his fifth season. So that uh, if you join the staff in 19 and you have basically a two, a three year deal with a third year kind of kicker, and then obviously you sign another two year extension, that he would be obviously up for um, a new contract after the fifth season, which obviously ended on Sunday.
0: Anything else you guys want to touch on? We're over the hour mark. We'll be back on Monday and continuing twice a week throughout the offseason. So we're gonna have a long, long time. And man, makes you glad the Chiefs won that game because we're gonna have a long time to talk about what went right in that Super Bowl. And of course, uh we'll we'll continue to talk about, you know, Chris Jones's verbal agreement to be a chief for life. And uh I think Legarius Sneeds on that path. Although he told Kay Adams he had two words for Brad Veach today, which was pay me. Um he said it several times actually. It was Which is fine. It's, it's fine. great. Well, no, he's like, right what is he,
2: he's gonna like he's, gonna get he's a man of he's a man of few words, people you want yeah. him to say that, and he's deserved the right to say that. Like, 100%. I would like to, I would like to be paid too. Does somebody want to pay me? That
0: would be great. Uh, it right. was, it r- was strange for me to hear Legarius Sneed say something that forcefully uh, on on the media side. I've heard him say many forceful things on the football field. I, I know it's in there. I just, it was a little bit, <laughs> bit of a surprise. And it's it's worth noting,
1: you know, they they get they have an opportunity here to decide really what they want the foundation of the team to be. For the next two years. Um, and by that. I don't just mean Sneed versus Jones. Because there's a whole conversation. That we're going to get to have about that. But it is interesting. When you have McDuffie and Sneed. You can build your defense. Around two elite corners. Like build one elite corner. You can. But it gets a little more complicated. Two. You just saw. You saw what you can do. Um, there, there's still limitations there. And so you can also build your defense around an elite pass rusher. If you have all of them, you can build your team around an elite defense. So I, I, there's so many directions they could go here that I'm really curious about. Um, oh, and, and because just in case I'm going to forget, we've got to talk about Treshawn Wharton and Mike Pinnell. Yes. Just like out of nowhere. Like, Hey, you know what? We are going to play really, really well. Are you saying the most there's important game of the year? Are you saying there's a theory
2: with Mike Pennell in two weeks' rest? Are you saying he she should be getting the Andy Reid treatment as a player? You know, Mike Pennell on two weeks' rest, kids, he becomes a destroyer of linemen. Um, just like is that Trent Williams future Hall of Famer? Where is he
1: going? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah. All right. dude. It was crazy to see. It was like, wh- he was like, he was dominant on some snaps
0: where I'm just like, like, listen, if you guys, if you guys can't wait till Monday to talk about them, you feel free. Oh. I'll have Tucker put you in a two box, but I got a date with a, a shot of NyQuil here in a minute. Yeah. I'm, I'm really ahead, looking forward to. Um, so I- I'll tell you this though, if you want more on the Jerry Steed and Chris Jones, uh, that'll be on the lab tonight, 8 PM live here on the uh, KCSN videos. Nate just put up a finger and walked off. Not sure which finger it was. I moved mean, pretty quickly. Um, but Seth's going to have more film reviews showing up on the Chief of the North newsletter. And uh, The Lab tonight, we'll talk more about Jones and Sneed. And uh, we'll have a lot of off-season stuff to, to bring as we go. What's up, Nate? Okay, I have an ending to the show. Let me know when you're ready. I, am, I personally am very ready.
2: Right, I'm going to try, try to do this vignette very quickly. Uh, as you all know, we were in Las Vegas, and I let Holly pick the restaurants because I'm a loving husband. And she picked this very nice seafood restaurant on the strip, of course. And sat down and there was a older couple to uh my left her right were eating going through the certain entrees hey is that did you get the did you get the the, the tuna the tuna tartare yeah what do you think yeah. yeah of course everyone had french seafood that's hilarious um it was not french um it was just i guess traditional seafood it was wonderful uh but Everyone's talking about Taylor Swift. Everyone's talking about the game. Everyone's, you know, obviously here for the for the spectacle. And um, this older couple was from Boston, but they moved to San Francisco. Which meant they were part of Niner fandom. And I'm going to show you something that this lady gave to me, even though I told her what I did for a living and where I was from what she gave me are we ready
0: yeah i have a guess like the
2: way that it's leading up but i'm she she gave me something that says you have to leave here with this this lady does not know that i also co host a podcast with two of my favorite people uh to which uh had the 49ers lost this was gonna happen uh, i don't know the lady's name don't know the gentleman's name but they were wonderful people but she left we left i had to bring this back Are we ready? This is mostly for visual, so I'm going to do the audio audience here uh, in a minute. Are we ready, fellas? Are we ready, audience? I'm ready. Yeah!
0: (laughs) I was hoping it would be a bracelet! It's not just any bracelet, though. What does it say, Nate?
2: It says, Go Brock, number 13. And, guys, I got to tell you, Brock... He played so well in that game. He really did. He played so well. And it did not
1: not even a little. <laughs>